0: Coming up, Kyrie Irving now officially wants to be a Brooklyn Net. Do the Brooklyn Nets want Kyrie Irving to be a Brooklyn Net? And in the post-Kevin Durant era, can Kyrie be the player to carry this franchise forward? We break it all down right after the theme music. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, hi there. It's the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there, you're going to find Doug Norrie, owner-operator, DFSR, for all your daily fantasy sports rankings from DraftKings to FanDuel. He's got you covered. I'm Adam Arbrecht, breaking down the New York football giants on the One Giant podcast with my boy Andy Mack. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day free on all those great platforms. And Doug... We're right back into it. Last episode, go check it out. The Brian Lewis New York Post article that essentially said Kyrie Irving maybe always wanted to remain a Brooklyn Net. Now the flip side of this conversation for the offseason becomes, do the Nets want him? And do they want him with Kevin Durant? Maybe obvious answer. What about without Kevin Durant? As it feels like, of course, there had to be another layer. This thing had to take a new direction. Otherwise, the offseason would have been boring. Ah, oh, it's always great with this stuff, man. We just keep it
1: going. And I will say one quick programming <laughs> note: we did this before, prior to the, the Nets' fourth uh, summer league game. That game was just going off too late; uh, that we oh. didn't think we we're going to be able to get it out in a timely fashion. So we'll cover all summer league stuff uh, coming out of the weekend. So that no no worries there. We'll, we'll you know we'll have a hand in all the games. Yeah, like the, you know it's never boring here, and this is a really interesting new kind of piece of information that we got. We covered a lot of it yesterday in terms of just the Kyrie situation, strictly or just around Kyrie and then around Kevin Durant and like where that relationship might be going and what sort of this means for the long-term, but we didn't really talk about what it means for the nets, right? Like what this means for the nets, for Kyrie Irving to say he wants to stay in net, you know, maybe he sees that still is a long-term future. At least he's not requesting a trade right now after the player option. Like this is not something that is that this is not something that seems to be, at least from the sources close to the organization, something that he's really asking for to the point where, you know, it was kind of questioned among that group of where's this even coming from? He didn't ask for this. Like once he signed the player option, there's <laughs> right. been no other talk and you're kind of like, yeah, that's kind of right. Like there hasn't really been anything else. So if that's going to be the case, and Kyrie is just going to be on the nets this season, we actually do have to start thinking about what that means for, from a couple of different reasons, like, a couple different things, what it means for them as like just their, how good of a team that can they be? If he's just still here, what it means about the possibility that like this kind of attitude just has the team sort of whole by the end, by the beginning of the year, or, or, and what it means for like for them for the rest of this off season, because again, we've talked like, it doesn't really pay for them to tank completely next season, right? They have probably a roster that if Kyrie Irving is on it is too good to tank anyway. So it doesn't like, even if you wanted to, it doesn't really matter, but like, yeah, how does this shape the rest of the, the, the rest of this off season and going forward? I think it's really, really interesting.
0: And this is one of the things when we talk about, as you'll see if you're watching on YouTube, do the Nets still want Kyrie Irving? I think the first, and we're going to get into the way that the Brooklyn Nets are are thinking around this offseason and both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and then ultimately, what does this team look like, as you say, with just Kyrie Irving potentially as the leader and the star. Uh, But so much of what we talked about over the course of the offseason was this push and pull. What do these superstars want? from the organization, where were their expectations and where do they feel like Sean Marks, Joe Sy, the, the organization as a whole failed them, whether it was from player signings, coaching staff, et cetera, right? And we've heard some rumblings, too, about that, that maybe they didn't like the way the coaching staff was comprised. A little hard to wrap your head around that. Seems like they gave the seal of approval to Steve Nash being hired as the coach. But if you're the Nets organization, are you almost like, oh, you want to come back? Like, I thought, I thought you know, the old trade package. I thought you were going to go out there and figure out. Okay, you can't figure it out. Let's just do the one year. We'll, we'll figure this out in the offseason. Maybe you'll walk away, and that's okay for us too. We're just trying to bide our time on this. I I don't know, because I will say it's hard, even though we said last episode that maybe Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are diverging from a basketball standpoint. But if you're the Nets and you're holding any hope around Kevin Durant, it's hard to then maybe say, oh, the Lakers want you we have to eat $47 million in Westbrook for a year. That would seem like the easy trigger pull if you just want to be done with Kyrie Irving and you're thinking big picture for your organization. Yeah, so I, th- I think like,
1: these questions are not always as black and white as people want them to seem. Like The question of do the Nets want Kyrie Irving on the team is not a simple yes or no. As with all these questions, it comes down to other factors that have to do with it. The questions are, and it's almost always time and money, right? Like all we, almost always those two things are the, are the actual backbone of the question of whether you want somebody. If you could have, and really the way you can know this is by asking yourself a very simple question. Would the net sign Kyrie Irving for $1 a year for the next 10 years right now? And of course the answer would be Yes. And you're okay, right? And, and, and we would all say it would be the easiest yes ever. $1 a year for 10 years? Yeah. So once you make that agreement, you know that there is some number at which you will. And, and if, and oh, will you pay him $100 million a year for, you know, for 10 years? Of course not. But now we know there's some number in there where, where, <laughs> where they will say yes and they would want him, right? And I think it really actually just comes down to that. I think with certain things in place, With certain buffers and certain assurances and certain contractual things, or if the money was not too great, the answer would be a clear yes. They want Kyrie Irving on the team because, in the end, in the NBA, the thing that wins is talent. The thing, like, you have to have enough talent on the team and you just can't win without talent. You can coach as hard as you want, you can have the best scheme in the world. In the end, you just need a requisite amount of talent to make it to a certain level in the NBA. Kyrie Irving is one of those guys (laughs) like he is what he's probably you can't probably win the championship if he's your best player but you can definitely win the championship if he's your second best player um, you know with the right pieces so this is the long way to say I think it's very clear that the Nets would definitely want him back but it just might not be under the criteria or the contract and the timeline that Kyrie Irving wants to be back so I think at this point, it's probably just to find about finding the middle ground of whatever that is, because money and time talk, you already know he's got the talent, some probably one side wants more assurances than the other, and that's kind of I think where they are. And I actually think that like there's a world now after this report, and just based on like what little we've heard coming out of this situation, that I think there is a world where Kyrie Irving is a net for like beyond this year. Right. And, and and it wouldn't be because the Nets just want to ship mouth. I think that Westbrook comp was a great one, too.
0: Yeah. And you know what? One of the things that we talked about in that last episode was how players can get frustrated with the media and where they run narratives. And all of a sudden, well, based on everybody else, I'm apparently the biggest jerk on you know, that's ever walked on planet Earth. And I can combine that with Kyrie Irving, even though he may he does make missteps seemingly along the way. He also is a guy that comes out reflectively and says, yeah, I wish I hadn't done that. I learned from that. I'd like to do better going forward. And I actually do take it at face value because I'm not, I mean, it's not, I don't mean this to be funny. It's like, he doesn't make the same mistake twice. He makes different mistakes and then he, and he tries to learn from them. Right. So in that sense, if we believe what comes out in that Bryant Lewis article, that Kyrie Irving wants to be a net and everything leading into him signing with Brooklyn in the first place, being close to home. I think that you can come back around on this and say, Kyrie Irving, he gets a couple of things. He gets that, hey, my, my NBA legacy, maybe that's why I would want to go back and play with LeBron in L.A. and try to win some more and reset where my brand looks. I'm not entirely in on this two-year max dollar you know, stipulations for three and four, but I do want to be here. And if I can just calm down, if, if Sean Marks in the Nets can just calm down, and if I can just get to the season and play 65-plus games, well, all, and we talked about this before, all that other stuff falls into the rear view. Now, it doesn't mean that there isn't always going to be, at least for me personally, a little bit of like lump of reservation in my chest. It's like, until something happens, but I, but teams are willing to do this, to, and you mentioned it, talent. Like, that's what matters most here is talent gives you an opportunity to win, and Kyrie Irving, as we have always said, is one of the best talents on the basketball court. 100%, and that's really what it comes down to. And like 100%. Hundred percent, hundred percent. We just trade hundred percent from
1: here, from here all the way through the end, and then just call it a day. No, like this is just this is just where it's not. In some ways, this calculus is not very difficult, right? Like this this part where teams just want the guys with the best talent for the right amount of money. Like it just needs to be the right amount of money. If you sign. And that's, like, you know, it's funny, like, this is where you you see organizations get dragged. It's like the Bradley Beal five, five-year contract, no trade clause, player, you know, all, all the options for the player. Right. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, <and> that's where, <laughs> right. but it's not, it's not any, and not anyone, no one's talking about Bradley Beal as the player, like in terms of whether he's talented or not. Clearly he is. There just becomes at some point a tipping point around where you've overcommitted your organization's ability to do other things around this certain talent. And around the uncertainty around certain talent, that's where you actually run into the bigger problem. And so it's really never been about Kyrie's talent; it's just about like the uncertainty around how many years you want to do it. So I want to talk about more. Uh, we, or we want to talk about more about how this probably sh- maybe shapes the you know the off season, but also how it could just shape the Nets as a team going into next year. And like actually, what we feel about the net if we just think that Kyrie Irving is just on the team next year, we can even even setting aside the Kevin Durant piece. If we just think Kyrie Irving is on the team next year, like where does that land us in terms of like what we think this team can actually be? Because I think it's probably at this point just really important to start asking that question. We're going to talk about that in a second. First, got to talk to you about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online, the number one place for all of your betting needs and sports info. Bet Online's got you covered really for anything you can imagine. Right now they're rolling obviously through the NBA, MB- excuse me, through the MLB regular season. Uh, I'm looking at those money lines every single day. You can put in future bets over on BetOnline. I've been going through this one because sometimes it's hard to look at, although they creeped up a little bit. Brooklyn Nets, championship odds right now, plus 1,600. That is, that's, ninth overall they were 12th just two days ago folks go online just look at the line movement on bet online you're gonna see how maybe the market is shifting a little bit more into the positive sign about everyone returning that's just one of the things you're gonna get on bet online obviously you're gonna be crushing it for nfl as well you head on over you learn about all the trends and all the action bet online where the game starts
0: okay so where we start then around this prospect because now what becomes fascinating is okay, Kyrie Irving wants in, and you also mentioned this about can he be the best player on your team? Maybe not to win a championship, but he can be the second best. The fascinating part that I think we end up looking at is remember backcourt, right? And I just I did the bonus episode with uh, over on Locked On Warriors. Go check that out on their YouTube channel. It's a good conversation where you and I always tend to agree around. It was like Donovan Mitchell again you know talented great scorer but is he the guy that that wins me a championship by himself no but he can be a part of something and i think that that when we talk about how the brooklyn nets look at their decision making process going forward does become fascinating kyrie irving did not put in a trade request and okay let's let's operate under the assumption he is coming back this year at a minimum and maybe beyond kevin durant did request a trade so so now we have to also live in the world where at some point whether this offseason or as the season gets underway, Kevin Durant has decided he no longer wants to be here. Let's just do you first think that that trade request was? a strong arm move from Kevin Durant to try to get Kyrie Irving paid and that you still want to be here doing this together. And that's all that it was about or that he genuinely at 33, 34 years old is looking at and saying, this didn't work out. I I really am ready to move on regardless of what you do with Kyrie.
1: Yeah. uh, I think it was probably definitely part of that. And like we talked about last episode, maybe some organizational uh, worries around what the organization, I will say though, that of anything that's come out this off season so far, Short of some kind of massive breakdown between Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant in terms of their friendship, which I really would be shocked if that was the case, based on, again, Kyrie was on his podcast recently. Like, there's been no signal that that's the case at all. And we talked about last episode about why, like, player movement like this is not necessarily a signal that, like, your friendship is broken down. Mm-hmm. This news around Kyrie, and I don't think we have to spend a ton of time in this, but this news around Kyrie is actually. The closest I've gotten since the trade request of thinking, hey, this actually might get run back here. Like we actually mm. might run this thing back. Because if he says he's committed and no for two reasons. One, he says he's committed to play here this year and that's and, and maybe for the long term, that sends one signal. Two you the Nets actually need to be much less incentivized to, wor- to worrying about just like unloading everything in a trade package if Kyrie says he's going to play this season, <laughs> right? And so like, right. then you're like, okay, well, we don't need, now we have a lot of what we thought were the core pieces. Now we actually just don't need to take pennies on the dollar because we have a kind of good enough team to at least be somewhat like competitive this season. And then because of that, they don't need to facilitate a trade for Durant and Durant can come back and say, hey, Mike, this guy's still going to be here a trade didn't materialize. I wanted out. It didn't work. I at least know I'm going back to a team that can actually play basketball. Like I don't know. I this is where I, this is like the first time I got a little hopeful around that. I think.
0: So in that way, then when we said last about the Brian Lewis article, we said sources close to the situation, but it was to the Brooklyn Nets situation because they're putting out that Kyrie wants to be here, so that yeah. Kevin Durant feels like I should want to be here, right? It's all it's all reverse engineering. Well, here's the, th- here's the thing, though. It. Here's the thing about that, though.
1: Of all the players that I know are not probably communicating through the media, it's these two guys. So, like, I wouldn't even care. That actually doesn't even matter to me because even if that was
0: false, he would just tell Kevin Durant the right thing, right? Like, so it wouldn't... Well, right. And by the way, and this is where I think, because you mentioned it there, it doesn't look like it's factoring their friendship in any way, shape, or form. And it can be that they've had their conversations and said, listen, man, Kevin Durant, I, I... this place a little bit dysfunctional. I just don't think it's for me. I'm a few years older than you. I do want to win a little bit more. I'm ready to move on. And Kyrie goes, I get it, man. Yeah. I'm pretty comfortable here. I like being, you know, close to home, etc. I think I'm going to stick it out because, frankly, I, I maybe I maybe did some damage to my rep here. This whatever past few seasons, and I, I want to be here and I want to be the face of this franchise. And I am beloved. I, I am beloved by the fan base for the majority. I think when yeah. you talk about the talent on the court, they go, okay, great. So let's just see where things go from here. And that's when we get to this point of saying, okay. So the Nets are going to honor the trade request from Kevin Durant, and whenever that materializes, how does this impact the way that the Nets would look at trade packages for Kevin Durant? Not from a, we need to make sure we get the value for it, but instead of saying... We're not going to have Kyrie Irving. We're not going to have Kevin Durant. Maybe Ben Simmons is still around. Now we're saying we have Kyrie Irving. Now we have a backcourt. We already have our backcourt leader. And we, and potentially we have a tandem in the backcourt with Ben Simmons that is dynamic as any as any two in the league. What do we need to accomplish to make this team competitive short, long term?
1: Yeah, so all this, all and it's funny because all of our speculation around the Kevin Durant thing, of what the team would look like next year, actually kind of never included Kyrie as part of the team. I don't know if you right. remember, if we, If we go back and look at this, if we go back and just do our own, just kind of rewind on how we talked about it, it was always Kevin Durant, left and Kyrie also left (laughs) like that was obviously he's obviously
0: God right and this is how we all
1: this is just and and and, by the way no one even said anything to us about this so this is how I know this was like sort of like the collective mindset around this thing because we never got any pushback around that around those scenarios so we were not it was like that we were just kind of in some ways parroting what a lot of other people were thinking but now if you look at this roster and you and you you look at it and you say okay well Kevin DeR- sorry you're Kyrie Irving Ben Simmons you get Joe Harris back you have Claxton um you know maybe you start Royce O'Neal maybe you know maybe you need a little bit maybe you need to get like another big here somehow T J Warren in the T J Warren T.J. Mix there. sorry maybe T J Warren comes back healthy you got a lot that's a lot of scoring ability you're probably going to get trounced on defense but like that you're just going to live with it you're going to play super fast like Still Seth Curry yeah Seth Curry Patty Mills like they have other guys on the team here super, they're very small again they would really struggle on defense but. They'll at least probably be pretty exciting to watch. Yeah. Now, if you if you're the Nets and you think you have that kind of commitment from him, now one, like I said, you can do two things. You can actually just wait for a great package because you, you 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 hold out hope that it brings Kevin Durant back. Or you say, if we even just got like a somewhat fair package, like if it was like Aiton and Bridges, right? Let's say that Aiton and Bridges duo looks a lot different when it's Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, Mikhail Bridges, Joe Harris and DeAndre Ayton than it did yep. when we were trying to make the team without Kyrie Irving on it <laughs> right because like yeah. it was the, the team always looked worse because we were like how are they going to score how are they going <laughs> like, to get in the half court because we all just left them off the list now if we put them back on the list a, a package around Kevin Durant that brings back like two requisite talents and I'm just throwing that in because like that's been speculated on now I, I we have a totally different view of what the team is right are they a championship team no Are they, like, a playoff team? Easily. Easily if everyone's healthy, right? And so, uh, yeah, yeah, they probably just don't have, like, the wing, the the big wing to win the championship. But, like, otherwise, they have basically everything else. And it is really funny about how this is – just in one comment kind of reframed my whole idea about what this offseason means and what the team's looking at. Because now that, like I said before, going back and retroactively looking at what I said, I just know we never envisioned this way. I was like, Ben Simmons, Mikael Bridges, Nick Clack. Like, they'll never score, you know?
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> Right, yeah. So like, yeah, even in some of these packages, well, you're getting back, you're getting back Bridges. You're like, who cares? Who cares about Mikael Bridges? We don't have any talent. We don't have any scoring. And and to your point, remember, like, you can dial us all the way back to when the Nets signed Kyrie Irving. It was always, and this is what we're going to get into in a second, around can the Nets move forward with just Kyrie Irving theoretically? And we're going to talk about these trade packages and, and what other talent comes in, but can he be the leader? Can he be the fran- the guy that is carrying this franchise forward over this year and potentially longer term? We're staying as you know focused on the here and now as we possibly can. But when Kyrie Irving first signed with the Brooklyn Nets, we can go back to our pre-locked-on days and say, we were like, yeah, if it gets me Kevin Durant, obviously. But if it was unto itself, I would have real reservations around committing to Kyrie Irving. And it feels like the sample size has maybe proven why you should. That being the case, though, I think we can look at that, that Suns package and just speculate on a, on a few other possibilities here and, and, and ask that question. What does it mean for the Brooklyn Nets to have Kyrie Irving as the focal leader of this team in the short and long term and being able to be a vi- maybe a viable competitive playoff team in the East? And maybe even a destination going forward for some other players when we get to free agency, because they would have some flexibility going forward after making a trade potentially with Kevin Durant. We'll get into that coming up here in a second. And that second is upon us, my friends. Can Brooklyn win with Kyrie Irving as the leader? You mentioned that one there, just as, as the Suns one. I, I don't want to go down a you know a a, a, tra- a trade machine narrative here, but. Even when you said Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre Ayton, remember, like, the the big mystery, I think, to the question of can they win with Kyrie is what is Ben Simmons? Because yeah. if Ben Simmons comes back healthy and he's just 25, going to be 26 years old, again, like, well, there's the guy that does all the defensive work for you, and let's stay with the Suns package. Ayton is obviously going to be able to do that work for you as well. You have another scorer. I think that... I'll ask you, do you think that then the Nets start to look at the rest of this roster, a Joe Harris, a Seth Curry, and say, hey, if we're going to reconstruct this thing around Kyrie and potential trade packages, we can also look a layer deeper and say, how do we get some more length, right? How do we make ourselves a little bit more balanced team here, knowing we're going to be one elite superstar lighter than we were? I don't think it
1: resets too much around like what you take back in a, in a trade package for Kevin Durant. You still have to have you have to ask for the moon and more. Like it's still this this is sits outside of that thing. I think so. I, I don't think this. I don't think this would have me taking a worse player. I do think, and you know, you mentioned about like what we're wondering about Ben Simmons. Unfortunately, with the Nets right now, you have to play this game of best case scenario with everybody yeah. <laughs> because like, you're just a, right. like you just <laughs> you, you have no other choice. Otherwise, it would be so depressing. You just. As we get into the Kyrie Irving
0: down for sixty five plus games, exactly
1: like like Kyrie's playing seventy. Ben Simmons is back to three years ago with Everybody's Ankles are totally healthy. Joe Harris is like the third. (laughs) You know, the second surgery took. You know, like all this stuff. Claxton makes a leap. Like you have to do this whole very positive. Cam Thomas,
0: six man of the year award, obviously. (laughs) Like
1: right, like but but that's okay. Like it's okay to think like that because at this point, that is just who is on the team. A lot of these guys have really no value on the open market, so at that point, you're forced to just think that way because it's not like you can go out and trade Ben Simmons and you can't go really go out and trade Kyrie Irving. It'd be almost impossible to trade Joe Harris just because like of the injury stuff. Like, there's too many other question marks around the team. TJ Warren, like we're hoping he just returns to like pre foot issues, right? All this other stuff, you just ha- there's no other way to work yourself mentally and emotionally into this without just thinking that way because there's no point in doing it the other way they're not going to make any (laughs) other moves like they're not like there's no more moves that are gonna they're gonna really greatly shift the landscape of this team short of a Kevin Durant trade and we already know what we're getting from him so at that point I just think that like thinking about the team in those terms at least from at least from an organizational standpoint has to have them one probably a little buoyed at least for this year two i don't know if there's a ton of other moves they can make short of the durant thing but you at least know that if you took if you took talent back with the durant thing which they've always been set on yeah the team will be competitive even even like with not everyone hitting their you know 100% upside on like what they can be get revert back to in terms of talent even without that this team would be almost definitely very very competitive if they were to bring back really any requisite talent from Durant, and I think actually that's that leaves the team in a pretty interesting slash good place for right now.
0: Yeah, and because you know we talked about it, and you correctly a handful of episodes ago. We reminded ourselves, you reminded us, hey, the Nets actually could have one bad season here. And I'm not saying that that's what that would look like in any iteration of this when you still have Kyrie Irving. But this point being is this year need not be that total avoidance of tanking. You can live with whatever the results may be. And then because, at least in theory, you have Kyrie on the one-year opt-in, you can always revisit things at the end of this season. Where do we stand? You can go back. And by the way, it's like, maybe we end up back at the same place where maybe Kyrie Irving is going to move on, but it doesn't feel nearly as, you know, as tumultuous. It doesn't feel nearly as contentious where they go, Hey, we tried to reshape this thing. We want to work it. We had that direct conversation and we're all going to part ways here and feel pretty good about it. The, the funny thing to me is, um is what they would need to accomplish to maybe how high could they go? I guess let's let, I, Cause I am, I am a little bit curious about that and, you can tell me that it's it, it's too much to go down this road, but if you have Kyrie Irving, and you have the package, Mikkel Bridges and DeAndre Ayton, and then everybody else is basically the same because that's you can't go too far down that road of somebody that wants eighteen million dollars. Joe Harris coming off the injury, maybe moves during the year, but where would you put them in the East? Obviously, you can't go by last year where the Nets finished in the seventh seed, but I mean, you know, Cleveland and Atlanta are going to be better. It doesn't look like anyone essentially ahead of them in those standings it would be any worse going into the season, at least in theory on paper. So you are kind of in the world where the Nets are probably in that play-in to 7th seed scenario, right? Is that like the reasonable ceiling of expectations you would set there? Or does Mikel Bridges and, and talents of that ilk, do they move the needle where all of a sudden you would in, you would inject them into saying, I mean, maybe ahead of Chicago at the sixth seed, but then you're into Toronto and Philadelphia, you know, and Milwaukee teams we know that are going to be on paper as good as they were last year, if not possibly a little better. It's so hard to know without seeing it, but if it, if the lineup I – mean, we're just
1: making this up because we're just like, – by yeah, the way, yeah. we're, like, we're just saying because, like, if they still would, like, get some kind of package like this or if it's, like, OG and Barnes or something like that oh, – sorry, yeah, OG and Barnes. I, I'm all going to lump this together to say if you added two talented players back for a Kevin Durant trade – I kind of actually almost wouldn't matter who it was short of like Donovan Mitchell, because it's probably too, he's probably too small. Like then like you're really running into like some small guard problems. Um, even though you'd probably be able to score like crazy. I really just think any either superstar you got back, which is looking less likely or two very good players that you got back in a Kevin Durant trade would make this team hmm. a very formidable team. Like, and I can cut and I can kind of construct it in a bunch of different ways. And almost all of it's going to be like, yeah, fifth seed in the East. That sounds very reasonable to me, like with this kind of talent and everything going right, right? Like everything pretty much getting back to like where we thought they were before. So I think from that standpoint, I know I'm not like answering the specific eight in the bridges. I think that team would be very good, by the way. (laughs) Like that team would be really, really good.
0: Doesn't it completely, as we're saying, like, remember the Nets initially, it was, well, maybe the Nets are interested in DeAndre Ayton outright to add to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Then it was, well, DeAndre Ayton had a package for Kevin Durant. No, no, we don't want that. Probably because, again, they're, the Nets are saying, if we're not going to have Kyrie if no one's going to be here, we don't want Aiton to be the cornerstone piece. However, if we're going to have Kyrie Irving, that changes the way you look, the same way that when we talk about a Chris Paul or, or, uh, or a Booker with Phoenix and Aiden, right? Like Aiton's value is inherently attached to the talent that you have around him. So if you're going to strip the, the proven commodities on the Brooklyn Nets, Aiden's not so attractive now. All of a sudden, you can wrap your head around that in a different way. Likewise, when you look at Toronto, and Go also, ahead. and also, like
1: having this is this is so funny. I just dropped him. <laughs> I got through it though. I'm, I'm not very professional. professional. Got out. Well, it's, it took it out of the podcast. It's not coming. It's not coming out of YouTube. Uh, the it's funny about like how this whole thing resets the narrative because Kyrie playing for this year and possibly like for a, another year, like maybe a team friendly deal or something like that. I'm just really speculating now does bridge does bridge this timeline of like where you shipped out all the Houston all the Houston pieces what? right like and that's and that and that's where our different our other scenarios didn't really have the bridge yep. right yep. like we didn't have the bridge like this is the bridge the bridge to being somewhat relevant and resetting things a little bit can happen if you keep a guy if keep a guy like this right like this
0: is where it just changes the narrative completely. And and by the way, because it's, you just mentioned it there, it's like now, depending on these packages, depending on Toronto, I think, and by the way, I'll even put it in the context that, you know, Toronto fans and maybe some people say is more reasonable. OG and Trent Jr. are coming back in a package along with Birch and maybe some picks, right? Like, but now to your point, it's, but if you get enough of the young talent, like Kyrie Irving isn't three or four years older, like Kevin Durant is, now all of a sudden, hey, okay, we're a, we're eight to fifth seed over the next couple of seasons, two or three seasons, and then we have the next iteration of what this roster can look like beyond Kyrie Irving. So it does it takes the Nets from saying, "Boy, let's make it through this year," and then if we got to pump the full rebuild, okay, fine, like we'll deal with it. But that is such a dark timeline to go down. This way is okay we're just a, we're a competitive team and we're in the playoffs year after year that matters from a business perspective it matters from a perception perspective And I'll even, I know, just for the fun of it, I'll even throw in, if you're talking about Toronto and you still have Kyrie Irving on this roster, all of a sudden Pascal Siakam becomes a more attractive option to get back to because your short-term window is more interesting and more competitive than it is necessarily without him. So fascinating, I would say, at the very least, as we roll through this offseason, all of a sudden i got to wrap my head around an entirely different version of the Brooklyn Nets going forward. One, at the very least, though, Doug, at the very least... We hope does not involve what we have so far been saying from summer league. I'm just going to put that out there. In the oh, yeah. Assuming they didn't just like win by 40 in the game. We didn't say
1: we haven't watched sure. yet. Cause we just, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, no, it's, it is funny. like this, like sometimes little bits of information can just totally reframe how you feel about a team going forward in the short term and long term. I feel like that's at least for this week. That's, that's kind of what happened. We're going to be back again next week, talking more Brooklyn's basketball. Make sure you subscribe over on YouTube, subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast, it's a click away and it's the biggest way you can help. So just make sure you, uh, yeah, th- just click. Uh, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on podcast. That is the way you help the Locked On Nets podcast.
0: Speaking of dropping cups, the usefulness of a cup is its emptiness. Bruce Lee. Oh, one of the all-time great poets.
1: RIP. We'll be back again next week talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.